The opinions and suggestions expressed on the following program are solely those of the participants and not necessarily endorsed by program sponsors or any radio station, media company, or platform broadcasting this program. The following program is a product of Causeway LLC. The information in this broadcast is not intended as investment, tax, or financial advice. Matthew Moore is not a licensed investment advisor and speaks solely from his experience and opinions. All information in this broadcast is for entertainment or educational purposes only. Matthew Moore, Causeway LLC, and the company or platform broadcasting this program is not responsible for the success or failure of any person's investment decisions or purchases. Matthew Moore, Causeway LLC, and the company or platform broadcasting this program makes no and expressly disclaims all representations, warranties, and guarantees with respect to this broadcast and its sponsors. Investing in any market is inherently risky and can be financially dangerous. Invest at your own risk. Government officials insist we will continue to Welcome to Cryptocurrency with Matthew J. Moore, the Bitcoin-focused radio show that's waking the masses to the fiat money Ponzi scheme. Money is changing and your freedom is at stake. So stick around and learn how to empower yourself for this new digital age. Now, here's your host, Matthew J. Moore. Welcome, America, and welcome, the world. No matter where you are, I'm welcoming you. Thanks for coming by. And uh, hey, guess what? If you are a Bitcoin lover, maybe you're a Bitcoin newbie or a Bitcoin expert, it doesn't matter. You're still welcomed. Uh, but guess what? You're listening to Cryptocurrency with Matthew J. Moore, one of the only syndicated radio shows dedicated to the topic of Bitcoin in America and possibly the world. So, hey, sit tight, buckle up, because we got a show for you. Uh, this is a show where you're going to learn about money, liberty, history, technology, and so much more. It's going to be a lot of fun. But on today's episode, we're going to revisit a past show that we did, an episode that we did during one of our broadcasts in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, that's right. That's where I'm from, and that's where we record this show. But you might be thinking, why am I going to do this? Why am I replaying an episode, or, or not an episode, but an interview, per se? Well, oftentimes I hear from people questions like, you know, when it comes to Bitcoin, is it actually legal tender? Can it be legal tender? Is it constitutional? Uh, what does the Constitution actually say? Is it even possible? And if not, what makes the world, you know, what makes the world accept Bitcoin to be a legal tender? Because there's a lot of countries that are making it legal tender. But if we actually had this idea of separation of state and money, do you have an idea of what that would look like? What that, what kind of world that would be? I think it'd be pretty interesting to to discover. But, um, you know, can there be a public form of money and a private form of money? Can they compete with each other? These might be new ideas for you, but I'm going to share with you an insightful conversation we had with Oklahoma State Senator Nathan Dom. You might be surprised at some of our conclusions. It's a great conversation, but, but I must say before we get the show going, I need to introduce you to my reliable, and I mean reliable producer, Brian LaRue. He is sitting on the soundboard making sure our vibes are exactly on point, and he is also the genius behind those awesome intros and outros, so hopefully you like those. Uh, he, he literally does it all. I mean, he's, he's a music magician in my opinion, but Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks uh, for making me sound professional and actually, actually you know, sounding like I know what I, I'm talking about. But uh, <laughs> man, how, how are you doing today? You, uh, you ready to revisit this interview? Hey Matt, thank you for the kind introduction. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited to uh, to hear about what Nathan Dom has to say. Yeah, so. man, it's a solid interview, and you know, just just out of curiosity, you know, or not, you know, if people were listening to this and they said, you know, intro, the outro, the sound effects, all that stuff that you do for the show, if they think that's pretty dope, like where where would they go if they had maybe like a song or a podcast or some kind of 
you know, audio project, they, they might need mixing and produced. Do you have a website that they would go to? Yeah, certainly, Matt. Um, I actually uh, have a studio based in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but um, you can visit my website at Beyond You, spelled as it's as you hear it, productions.com. And uh, you can visit my website. I make mixing and mastering services, track production, song production from uh, start to finish, everything you can think of. So feel free to reach out. Yeah. And he's really, really good. So, and I want to give a big shout out also to the boys at Blue Studio in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They've been so gracious to let us record this show at their studio space. Uh, and I would encourage you to check them out at SoonerMarketingSolutions.com. That's SoonerMarketingSolutions.com. Well, now... Let's jump into it. When it comes to money, Bitcoin, one episode that might be good to go back and listen to is our last one, which is episode 70. But, you know, until then, I want you to take a listen uh, to this interview. I mean, if you're listening to this show on YouTube, you know, hey, comment, share, you know, send me a message. I, I, I want to hear from you. If, you. if you disagree with our conversation today or if you disagree with the interview, I want to hear about it. But take a listen as we rewind the clock and talk about the constitutionality of Bitcoin. If you've been paying attention to the news in crypto uh, over the last few months, you will have noticed a major trend, whether it's El Salvador making Bitcoin an official form of money or Ukraine and Russia, both countries making Bitcoin legal during the current war. The trend is really picking up. Just this week, we saw Lugano, Switzerland. Uh, which is a city, uh, make Bitcoin a legal tender. <clears throat> and even here in America, states like Arizona are making efforts to have Bitcoin become legal tender. But the real question is, can American states do such a thing? Uh, would the U.S. Constitution have to be changed for an American state to take this kind of action? What about Gold and silver. I mean, historically, it's been the constitutional form of money, which I might add was a natural handcuff to government spending. But sadly, we have abandoned this type of money many, many years ago, and we simply ignore the Constitution in this matter. And for some reason, it seems people just don't really care. And, you know, in my opinion, I think they will one day because I guarantee you that by then, it'll be too late for us um, because these actions do not go without consequence and history is not in our favor. Uh, I have my opinions on this and I am very vocal on them. It's very concerning to me that this issue is not front and center in the national debate. One thing is for sure though, the powers that be do not want this subject on center stage. It would essentially reveal how much of a Ponzi scheme this current system is and would strip the very thing that gives America its power. What is that power? It's the ability to create money out of thin air without really any true accountability, which honestly allows us to grow federal government, hook people on government handouts, and go deeper and deeper into debt. So, you know, it just doesn't sound good. You know, the whole scenario, we've got to have some kind of a different kind of money system. That's why I'm so passionate about cryptocurrency. Uh, you know, there's, there's no doubt that uh, I have strong opinions about this, but to help me unpack these truth bombs is my co-host, Eric Cooper. Eric, welcome to another glorious episode, my friend. You know, Matt, six-year-olds can get this. My daughter, we're watching uh, Goonies, and uh, they're down in the basement, and the money machine's just going on, and <laughs> Finley goes, how do they create money? And I go, well, technically, Finley, they can just create it. And she goes, oh, that's yeah. weird. 
system six of debt. Six-year-old. Yeah. Six-year-old. Yeah. She understands that does not make sense. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's why we do this show on cryptocurrency is just it, it provides so much uh, relevance and understanding to what cryptocurrency is trying to solve. And that's why I have the positions that I, I take on this stuff. But my favorite state senator and friend, Nathan Dom, there is no doubt that I, I believe Nathan deeply cherishes these ideas of sound money, free markets and the Constitution and personal liberty. In 2019, I had the honor to help Nathan with some of the first pro-crypto currency legislation for the state of Oklahoma. And in addition, I got to help him organize an interim study so the Oklahoma Senate could be educated on cryptocurrency. Senator, welcome to one of America's only radio shows dedicated to cryptocurrency. I'm stoked to have you on today. Can you uh, share a little bit about yourself to the audience? Matt, it is awesome to be with you. And Eric, thank you both for having me. I know this is a long time uh, that we've talked about right, getting yeah. on, the, on the show. So um, uh, this is a long time in coming. So glad to finally be in studio with you all. Talk about this. I know you have been a leading voice in crypto for a long time. Uh, it's been an honor to work with you on the legislation and on trying to educate members at the Oklahoma State Legislature, um, which you experienced is quite the process in, <laughs> yes, in educating these people, um, <clears throat> which, you know, I, I serve with them. I'm honored to serve in that capacity. But, you know, the average um, uh, age at the Oklahoma Senate is like 120 or something. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that bad, but <laughs> sometimes it just feels that way. It, yeah. it feels that way. But sometimes, you know, um, educating people on these new concepts and stuff um, when they have a hard time managing their email is it could be an uphill battle and a heavy lift. So you've been been great in helping with that to, to help to get those that the conversation started because that is part of the process is having those conversations and that's what this show is about is educating people out there because then those constituents can reach out to their state senators their state reps uh, their federal congressmen and senators whoever the case might be mayors i mean you know they need to be talking to their elected officials about the importance of crypto just as much as they're talking to their family and friends about it so uh, yeah. uh, it's an honor to be with you all i mean i can give you background well um, i, I actually stuff, but go ahead yeah no no actually i that, i kind of wanted to dive into this this was really kind of my first question and you were kind of leading into it i mean you you have a family history or your family has history of personally experiencing the ill fate of central planning abuse of power yes. and you know and that even translates into the money system you know we're, we're seeing it right now with ukraine and russia and even in canada i mean cryptocurrency is playing such an important role in people's livelihood and being able to survive in in these certain conditions i mean i think you said your dad's in romania right now helping ukrainian refugees Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's putting it lightly to say that we have a family history. So my parents moved from Oklahoma uh, to Romania when I was 10 years old uh, to serve as missionaries. Uh, they're still over there to this day, still doing the mission work over there. And right now, yeah, they're helping with the Ukrainian refugees uh, on, the, on the border there with Romania. So um, having lived over there, that was kind of my catalyst for why I first got involved in government. Um, you know, like I said, we moved over there when I was 10 years old. And I was old enough to be able to see the difference between America and the system of government that we have and what I was experiencing over in Romania. Uh, it was after the fall of communism, but it was still very much controlled. I mean, the, the former members of the Communist Party still had control of the entire parliament. The Everything was still run by the government. You know, there was four petrol stations, gas stations in a country or in a, in a city of 2 million people, wow. you know, they were all controlled by the government. <clears throat> wow. It was on a rolling time of when you could get gas. They were only open on certain days, certain times of when you could go there. 
the supermarkets were not super. <laughs> they were early <laughs> markets. I mean, you know, it was a small room with, you know, three cans of beans uh, on there. And, you know, so we saw the, the central planning and how it failed, um, but especially saw inflation. And I know we're experiencing some of the worst inflation in decades here in America, but I've been warning about this for a long time. Yeah, so would we. Uh, and, and, and crypto is a great hedge against that. Um, and so when we were over in Romania, the example I use is their largest single banknote um, at one point was $5 million. Wow. Not not like $5 or $50. It was yeah. $5 million of their currency called lei, and that was the equivalent of about 150 bucks. Some of the things that we're seeing in this day and age, it's been not as bad in, in America. I mean, it's a more slow crash or descent, right. you know, that yeah. we've seen. I mean, when the, what, the U.S. dollar has lost 97% of its value since the Federal Reserve was created, uh, and part of that, the, the whole purpose for the Federal Reserve was to eliminate inflation. <laughs> At least that's the that's the claim for why they created it. And they've basically inflated our currency to eliminate 98% of the value of it. So, um, yeah, when I when I first moved back in 2007 and saw the TARP bailout, you know, $700 billion that they literally were just going to print up out of thin air, uh, that's what was kind of got me involved in government, having lived through it, experienced it in a socialist country and seeing that. I was just like, yeah, this is unsustainable. It's immoral. Most of how they spend the money is unconstitutional. Right. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Constitution is very clear on on coining money, on gold right. and silver, on something right. that has tangible value. And right now, we base everything we have on the full faith and credit of the United States government, which we are seeing more and more. People are realizing there's not a whole lot of <laughs> faith in the United States government for good reason. Um, it's just right. the, the, the value of them putting their name on a piece of paper. And so I encourage people to, to diversify um, and to get involved in gold, silver, crypto, whatever right. they can to get away from the, the government fiat currency that's controlled by the Federal Reserve. And let me point this out too, if I may, real quick. Yeah. The Federal Reserve is as federal as Federal Express. Right. Okay. It is a private banking cartel that is controlling our monetar monetary supply, controls the money for the benefit of a few select people that are involved with it. It is not looking out for the good of the people of this country by any means. No. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that that brings, you know, we've talked to, yeah, ad nauseum about all of that. And, and I and I and I pound that message constantly because I think people need to to hear it. They need to look into it. They need to learn about it. Obviously, you know, we worked on uh, some legislation that was be beneficial for, you know, uh, pro cryptocurrency in, in the state of Oklahoma, you know, whether it was political campaigns accepting crypto or exemptions from security laws, if it acted like a currency or a utility token, uh, you know, corporations being allowed to use blockchain, uh, you know, and modify some of the LLC laws. We even talked about, you know, exempting from capital gains tax. I mean, there's, there's all these things that we've done. And you, I know you're actively working on legislation for gold and silver, which I'm also a big proponent of, and I think it's a you know a constitutional form of money. I mean, it's stated plainly in the Constitution. Sure, but yeah. I, I wanted to start here. You know, there, there's currently a lot of countries either making Bitcoin legal tender or are pushing this idea, which is a fascinating development because Bitcoin is an asset with no counterparty risk, unlike fiat money. Um, in in many ways, Bitcoin acts like a digital version of gold uh, for the digital world. Um, in my opinion, Bitcoin is a free market development and is really the first form of money that can protect one's wealth from both government inflation and government confiscation. I mean, the, just the, the famous Austrian economist, one of my favorites, F.A. Hayek, uh, once stated, I don't believe we shall ever have a good money again before we can take the thing out of the hands of the government. That is, we can't take it violently out of the hands of the government. All we can do is buy some sly roundabout way to introduce something they can't stop. 
Hayek basically, in my opinion, prophesied Bitcoin decades before Bitcoin was invented. Uh, how, do, how do you, I mean, and I, I know you're a proponent of gold and silver because it is in the Constitution, but, you know, how do you personally feel about the idea of separation of state and money? Uh, I fully support it. I mean, yes, the, the Constitution does empower the federal government to do certain things, one of which is to coin money. If you actually look through the Constitutional Convention, the various proposals for the Constitution, um, I know we don't teach this in our schools, so people don't know this, but what we have as our Constitution was not the original draft, all right? There was the men that worked through this, through different committees, through the process, made changes to it as it went through there. It was had to be voted on by the people, and then they proposed the Bill of Rights, the, you know, the 10 uh, amendments that we got. And so um, it, the original version, though, if you go back to the Articles of Confederation and compare that, there was a lot of things that it went through that process. But one of the main things that they were deliberate in is saying coin money because they did not want paper money right. because they had experienced that firsthand. I mean they had seen what happens when the government can just basically write an IOU. Continental dollar. I mean it's yeah. it's it's as it's worth what the government says it is. And when the government is worthless then the you know the paper money becomes right. worthless. So people don't realize that that um, they were very deliberate in saying that they could coin money and then they also said that states could not make anything but gold or silver coin a legal payment and tender of of debt. Right. And so um, we have to have a better understanding of that. But when it comes to separation of state and money, just because the we have granted the federal government authority to do a certain thing doesn't mean they necessarily have the sole authority. The monopoly? Now, on some things, yeah. yes, okay. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have an alternative judiciary system, right? right? I mean, if you as an individual want to, you know, create a contract or something, fine or whatever and set terms for that. But we still have the law there to enforce that. But look at the post office and post roads, right? That's a constitutional authority that we've granted to the federal government. Does that mean that we can't have UPS, DHL? Federal Express, right. you know, does that mean we can't have any alternative to be able to ship mail and and be able to deliver packages be just because we've given part right. of that authority to the right. federal government? Absolutely not. So I am fully supportive of alternative measures within the private sector, separate from the government, especially to keep that control out of the government's hands. As you can see from that first clip, there was this great debate that the Founding Fathers had, and I bet it was a great one. I mean, the debate was on whether the, the future federal government was going to be able to issue bills of credit, also known as fiat paper money. But, but due to what they experienced in the Revolutionary War, they decided against it because they knew that the unrestrained temptation to print money into existence was way too great. I mean, it, it, it always, and I mean always results in horrible inflation robbing wealth from the average Joe, like people like you and I. However, today we have a situation where the federal government is using bills of credit, aka fiat money. But Matt, how, how is that possible? Well, hey, thanks for asking. <laughs> it's largely possible because those fiat bills are not coming from the federal government. Instead, these bills of credit are, are being borrowed by the federal government from a private central bank known as the Federal Reserve. They are able to do this because the federal government was still given the power to borrow. Uh, essentially, the American people, and unfortunately, are now indebted to a cartel of banks that create money out of thin air. And what is worse is that this cartel has shareholders and they earn 6% off of this money creation. The Bible is very clear uh, in Proverbs when it says that the borrower is slave to the lender. So, unfortunately, though, America's money and prosperity have been hijacked long ago, 
And in my opinion, this has been the greatest Ponzi scheme ever achieved in human history. It has been a giant wealth transfer from the poor and middle class to an elite few who are closest to the money printers. In fact, founding father Thomas Jefferson, he fought this continually on this topic, and so much so that he even wrote a letter to John Taylor back in 1798 stating, I wish it were possible to obtain a single amendment to our Constitution, which I would be willing to depend on that alone for the reduction of the administration of our government to the genuine principles of its Constitution. An additional article taking from the federal government the power of borrowing, I now deny the power of making paper money or anything else a legal tender. As you can see there, even back in 1798, Thomas Jefferson realized how destructive it was uh, or was going to be for the federal government to have a monopoly on money and its power of borrowing. He was regretful and, and really bad. I mean, he desired the separation of state and money in order to keep the federal government from growing too large. <clears throat> but we got a lot more to cover. I want you to stick around. Stay put. We got to go to break, but until then, I'll see you shortly. Do you enjoy listening to my radio show, Cryptocurrency with Matthew J. Moore? Have you ever thought about being featured on the show as a loyal listener? What about winning some free Bitcoin? Can't go wrong with that, am I right? Well, today is your lucky day, my friend, because we're building a community for this show. For just $15 a month, you can become a member of the radio show. And in return, you'll have the chance to win $100 of free Bitcoin and be featured on the show. Every month, we will randomly draw one name from the pool of currently paid members, and that person will receive $100 of free Bitcoin and the opportunity to be featured during a segment of the show. We will do this drawing every single month. In addition, everyone who signs up as a member today will receive a complimentary copy of the Little Bitcoin Book, a great educational read around the fundamentals of Bitcoin. Join today before we close membership enrollment. Go to mattjmore.com forward slash member. Again, that's mattjmore.com forward slash member. Do you have a strategy to obtain Bitcoin on a regular basis? Do you plan to automate your dollar cost averaging? What about getting all or part of your paycheck in Bitcoin? GetHedge.io is revolutionizing how you get paid. Hedge makes it easy to automatically convert your pay into Bitcoin. Whether you're an employer or employee, you can get started in four easy steps. Start getting paid in Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Litecoin. The great part about using Hedge is you can skip the exchange experience altogether and have your Bitcoin sent directly to a wallet you control. Self-custody is key, and GetHedge is giving you the power. Hedge is here to make it easy to stack those sats month after month. Bitcoin, it's a long-term play, so what are you waiting for? Start living on the Hedge, and don't forget to let them know that you heard about Hedge from Cryptocurrency with Matthew J. Moore. Use my referral link at mattjmore.com or you can go to gethedge.io. Again, that's gethedge.io. Short form video content is taking over social media. And with only seconds to capture someone's attention, our team can help you stand out from the crowd. At Sooner Marketing Solutions, we'll produce and publish engaging TikToks, Instagram Reels, and YouTube Shorts. If you feel like you're falling to the wayside and missing out on the exposure that you deserve, Click the link in the description to get Sooner results now.
The sun, beaches, parties, education, and Bitcoin. This is the recipe for Bitcoin 2023, the largest Bitcoin conference in the world. Ever thought about meeting industry experts? It's the who's who of Bitcoin, and you can't miss it. Join us in Miami, Florida for the annual Bitcoin conference. Use my promo code BTC Radio at checkout. That's BTC Radio. Learn more at mattjmore.com. What does it mean to be physically, spiritually, and financially free? The right to life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness, these were the ideas that made America. But what happens to these ideas when America's money becomes compromised? What do you do when the very thing that you're working for day after day is fundamentally designed to enslave you? Whether it was a conspiracy or not, you won't believe what is about to happen in this country. Arm yourself today with the truth and build your life on the foundations for liberty. Rediscover freedom in the 21st century and grab a copy of my Amazon best-selling book, Foundations for Liberty. For just $11.99, you can support this radio show by finding a copy on Amazon or by going to mattjmore.com. Again, that's mattjmore.com. Don't wait, because freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Mm, I love that music. Welcome back, America. It's round two of America's Bitcoin-focused radio show. (laughs) Guess what? Whether you're a Bitcoin lover, newbie, or expert, maybe you're a believer, we made this show for you. We made it for everybody. We want to welcome all those Bitcoin haters as well, because in fact, we we want you to stick around. Maybe, just maybe, you're going to learn something along the way. And the truth is, Cryptocurrency with Matthew J. Moore, this show, hey, it's for everybody, like I was saying. And if you haven't figured it out, well, we're one of the only syndicated radio shows dedicated to the topic of Bitcoin, a show where you'll learn about money, liberty, history, technology, and so much more. On today's episode, we've been having a great, uh, re- I don't know, just kind of revisiting an interview that we did, um, a past show that we recorded in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The topic at hand is one that might be new for you. Maybe this is kind of a new concept. But many times people will ask the question, it's a key idea around Bitcoin, and that is, can Bitcoin actually be a form of legal tender in the United States? What does the Constitution say? And, uh, you know, what, is it even possible? If not, what is the world going to look like if we had a world where there was a separation of state and money? Can, can both public and private forms of money exist? These are all valid questions that deserve to be explored. And if you are going to understand the world of Bitcoin today... We are going to be sharing an insightful conversation that we had with Oklahoma State Senator Nathan Dom. Uh, we covered this and more. And uh, some of these things, they, they might be surprising to you. But before we dive back into the interview, I need to introduce you to my legendary producer, Brian LaRue. He's sitting on the soundboard making sure I follow the clock to a T. Uh, he is also the mastermind behind our awesome intros and outros. He makes this program sound professional, and I mean professional. Brian, welcome back to the show, my friend. Still feeling uh, good about this show? Hey, Matt, it's an honor to be here. I'm still feeling great. That's good, man. Well, Brian, if, if people are really digging kind of these, these, the intro, the outro, the music, the sound effects, uh, where would they go if they had production needs? Are, are you for hire? Yeah, uh, definitely work for hire. Um, and you can go to beyondyouproductions.com where you can find my website and contact information. I love to work with you. 
That's awesome. Well, big shout out to the guys at Blue Studio in Tulsa, Oklahoma as well. They have uh, been so gracious to let us record in their studio space. You can uh, learn more at SoonerMarketingSolutions.com. And uh, I just want to let you know, you know, if you're listening to this on the radio, call up a friend, tell them to tune in because uh, this is a great thing for them to listen to. Totally new concepts. And hey, if you're listening to the show online, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, let us, let us know what you think. Leave a comment, share, post, like, do, do whatever you got to do to give us some feedback because we want you to be a part of the conversation. Let us know what you think about the constitutionality of Bitcoin. Now, let's jump back into this, okay? We, we've been kind of rediscovering, re-listening to this past interview where me and my co-host, Eric Cooper, sat down with my good friend, Senator Nathan Dom to chat about the constitutionality of Bitcoin and fiat money. Uh, Senator Dom, he's, uh, like I said, a good friend, and I've had the privilege of working with him. But I, I want you to take a listen uh, as we kind of rewind the clock and continue our talk about the constitutionality of Bitcoin. Currently, we've been seeing some bills come out of Arizona that are trying to make Bitcoin a legal tender in their state. I think it's a cool idea, but I, I also have my doubts about it. And it's not because Bitcoin isn't up for the task, but it's my personal opinion that the U.S. Constitution would have to be changed in order to allow such a thing. Uh, you might have a different opinion on this, and and I might be wrong, and if so, that's totally fine with me. I don't mind being corrected. Uh, it's not like I'm anti-Bitcoin, anti-gold and silver, um, <clears throat> but for example, in your mind, is when you read the Constitution, is is a state tax that is levied on a person considered a debt owed? Yeah, so if when, when we start getting into all those com complexities, and, and it is pretty complex, but um, yes, I, I feel like um, when it when it talks about paying our debts, we're supposed you know taxes or anything like that, it's supposed to be done in gold and silver. Right. So we're currently out of violation with that, anyways, by using Federal Reserve notes. Uh, when we were using silver certificates, it was right. a little bit more. Uh, it was at least backed by silver, so you can make the case. Well, yeah, this is being paid in silver because it's a silver certificate. The founders still had concerns with paper certificates, paper money, right. uh, bills of credit uh, is what they would call them. They, they had concerns with those types of things. Right. Um, so on the on the idea of uh, cryptos being you know made a legal tender in states, um, that is a little bit of a concern. I do have I share that same concern from a constitutional perspective because it says no state shall make anything but gold or silver coin a tender. For yes, payment um, of debts. for payment yeah. of debts. So um, then you get into, okay, well, what about for other things, you know, for payment of debts to, you know, are you talking about to the government or are you talking about to each other? You know, right. um, you know, can, can people, can we legalize it for individuals to use it, but not uh, for, for government payments? Um, but then there's also, you know, cryptos that are backed by gold and silver. Right. And so you have that aspect. I mean, I introduced a bill this year that would allow you to pay your local taxes, city and county taxes in crypto because... Those aren't states. Yeah, they're political subdivisions of the states, but they're not specifically necessarily prohibited from being able to accept that. So you can kind of make those various arguments. It, it can get very complicated in that, but I wish that we were actually backed by by gold and silver um, in this state and in the in the federal government. The other thing that I've proposed or suggested is the tribes. I mean, the tribes could have their own cryptocurrency. I mean, right. they, they could. They could. You know, they could make it that then you could use at 
all their various entities. I'm not you know promoting <laughs> right, any right, in particular, right, right. but you know, I mean, they they easily could they they could make a crypto uh, backed currency that then could be considered a legal tender uh, because they do have some autonomy with some of those types of things that they could do. Um, but I've also talked to the tribes about trying to create gold and silver backed currency uh, that they could do as well. So um, my focus is on those things that actually have tangible substance, and the main thing is paper does not. Right. What's the difference between a one dollar bill and a one hundred dollar bill? Right. The artwork on it, you know, right. I mean, the, the extra numbers, you know, the, the the picture on the front, you know, that's the only difference. Okay, well, what's the difference between um, between one ounce of, of gold and, you know, 10 ounces of gold, okay, or 100 ounces of gold? Okay, that's a substantial, actual, tangible difference. And even with Bitcoin and with other cryptos and everything, there is a substantial difference between the coins because right. of the, you know, the, the mining of them and then, and, you know, and how the creation of them and the actual right. intrinsic value that they have. Yeah. Um, backing them up. So when it comes to paper, paper is one of the most worthless things. I mean, it doesn't matter what's on it, whether it's ink or, I mean, I mean, what's the difference between our dollars and, and toilet paper? I mean, right. it's just, you know, the use for it and the value of it and everything. And so paper is pretty much a worthless commodity, um, especially in the digital world where we don't even use paper for, you know, for writing things or taking notes. Most of it is all done digitally anyway. So crypto is the way of the future. Um, how we implement that from a constitutional perspective, though, is definitely Might a question sticky. we need to be addressed. Yeah. 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 I mean, because, you know, you look at Bitcoin, it does have properties that are similar to gold. It's emulating gold by this mining process. And, and the code, you know, there will only ever be 21 million of them ever in existence. And to, to theoretically change that would be practically impossible. Um, so, you know, it does have this unique element to it. Um, and I think watching where the conversation goes is going to be fascinating. I, I do know, uh, you know, until we get to that point or until we cross that bridge, there are, you know, states like Texas that are, are creating a depository for their, their gold bullion. Uh, are you doing something like that for Oklahoma right now? Yes, I've actually introduced that bill a couple of times. I, I tried it about four years ago when I first heard about Texas having um, actually having their physical gold and silver in their in their um, bullion depository there. And so I tried to introduce that four years ago. It didn't go anywhere. I introduced it again this year. The chairman of the committee just said he had no interest in trying to do that. That'd be too big of a heavy lift. So I talked to him about, okay, well, what, what if I change the bill and instead I just – make it permissible for our state treasurer to actually invest in gold and silver because it's the you know the, the current law says what the what the treasurer can invest in and that's not one of the things and he was open to that um, initially but then came back and said no didn't want to deal with that either um, but there are a lot of states that are working to move their investments into gold and silver there's a lot of u universities that have their endowments in gold and silver uh, there's a lot of foreign countries that are recalling their gold and silver trying to get it back into their borders so people are seeing the value of of sound money policies of of having those actual intrinsic value items like gold and silver or even like Bitcoin right. and, and cryptos and stuff, people are, I think, are finally starting to see through um, what, how inflationary it can be by having paper money. I think a lot of people are realizing that across the world, not just here in America, but across the country for sure. And the so, fact that it's technically a liability too. Yeah. Nathan, let's talk uh, central banks. You know, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> What are we your thoughts? Just, just briefly, yeah, just. yeah. What are your thoughts around having an elite group of people centrally planning and controlling the monetary system? 
Oh, I think they think it's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> um, but uh, obviously, I disagree with it. I encourage people if they haven't looked it up, uh, look the book, uh, look up the book, "The Creature from Jekyll Island." Oh, I love that mm-hmm. one. You'll see how um, these bankers came up with this this system and an idea. And a lot of people don't realize that you know we have had a Bank of the United States in the past numerous times and everything. There was still even contention with the founding fathers on that. Um, if anybody has seen Hamilton, the you know the theatrical play, then maybe they got some taste of that. That there yeah. was some conversation in that about you know what could how how that is supposed to how that could look or what what that could be done from the federal government side of things. But yeah, you can either talk about okay having a central bank that the government controls or a central bank that the bankers basically control has a cartel that they're able to manipulate interest rates and all kinds of other things. Um, I am all for opening it up and allowing, I mean, competing currencies, getting the government out of our affairs as much as possible. So I don't, I, I, I fully support eliminating the Federal Reserve, ending the Fed. Um, and so I, I've publicly stated that. There's not a whole lot I can do at the state level on that, right. but that's uh, one thing in my bid for U.S. Senate that I've been very vocal about trying to end the Fed and, and, and eliminate that. Again, the Federal Reserve is as federal as Federal Express. Yeah. It's uh, a private entity that controls our monetary supply. And good luck trying to audit it either. Um, yeah, but, you know, there's there's a lot of people listening to this show who are uh, just major Bitcoiners, love cryptocurrency, love this idea of separation of state and money, uh, this giant experiment that's taking place in today's society. Um, you know, you are running for the U.S. Senate. Can you share your thoughts? Uh, what, what kind of... Um, if if you if you got elected to the U.S. Senate, what uh, what would you do for a lot of these Bitcoiners that are hoping that there be more pro Bitcoin people in the U.S. Senate? Would you would you fight for them? Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, that's what I've been doing in the state Senate currently. Like you, you touched on several of the things that that I worked on. Uh, one of the bills that we had would have allowed for people to donate crypto um, to campaigns. So our current laws say that you can give you know certain amounts of money, but and then it says or other items of value. But they they didn't really have a definition of items of value. And so it was like, okay, can it be crypto or not? Um, So I was trying to just clarify the law and say, absolutely, you can, especially when you look at, you know, the Citizens United decision and then these other Supreme Court decisions where they've said that that money is a form of free speech. Well, then crypto should be a form of free speech. And so you should be able to make your donations that way if you can. Um, so, you know, I've, I've worked on that. Like I said, I've worked on ways to be able to legalize it to where people could use that to pay their, their bills right. or, you know, um, pay their taxes at the local and county level and those types of things. Um, I, I want to do everything I can to empower crypto to be that competition. We were talking about that yeah. before. Yeah. I think competition is good. I think it makes us better. And right now when we have this, this monopoly being controlled by these central bankers, I think we need alternatives. And I think there are people that are smart enough to see that we are facing serious, um, difficult times ahead and they want to be able to hedge their bets and they want to be able to invest yep. in, in a crypto type thing. Um, but, um, you know, so I will do everything I can to be able to support, you know, getting crypto, um, more mainstream and, and protections for the people for sure. Nathan, you, you've obviously heard me go on and on and on about crypto. And I'm, I know you've done your own reading and, and we can't give financial advice on this show. It's not, it's not what we're doing you know. but, um, what would be your message to, to the people of Oklahoma who, who are, you know, owners of cryptocurrencies and, and who are, you know, looking to maybe put, the, the, the federal government's spending in check or, or these crazy deficits and debts? Well, we, we need people that actually understand the monetary policy. 
I can tell you, um, you know, I appreciate a lot of the people that I serve with in the state legislature and a lot of people that I've met um, in in Washington, D.C., in Congress, in the U.S. Senate. But a lot of them have absolutely no understanding of our monetary policy. And so they, they don't understand the decisions that they're making, how it's impacting other people. I mean, right now, every single child born in this country is $90,000 in debt because of the national debt. So we have serious issues with that. We're seeing inflation um, continue to go up, and this is nothing compared to the hyperinflation that I experienced while living over in Romania that other countries have experienced throughout human history. So they need to understand, just as individuals, the importance of being able to diversify their assets and actually have something uh, something tangible for as right. inflation continues to hit. So I encourage people. I'm not, yeah, again, not giving investment advice or anything like that, um, but uh, do not put your trust in government or especially in any government-backed note. So obviously there's a lot of people who you probably read authors-wise. So I'm actually a two-part. Number one, where's the best places to go for people to find out about your, you know, kind of your favorites for monetary policy? And then obviously as you run for the Senate, uh, where can they find out more about your endeavor? So um, I'm a huge fan of Austrian economics. The Mises yeah. Institute has all kinds of information. Um, they have events uh, throughout the country, um, even some down in Texas. So I encourage people to visit the Mises Institute. If they want to learn out more about my campaign, they can visit domforsenate.com. Dom is spelled D-A-H-M. That's D-A-H-M-F-O-R-S-E-N-A-T.com, domforsenate.com. If they want to get involved in other ways or uh, drop some coin and help support, uh, they can hit me up on Signal. Don't text me. Contact me on Signal. (laughs) As you just heard from that past clip, it seems that the U.S. Constitution would have to be changed in order for Bitcoin to be declared as some type of legal tender or accepted by state governments. At least that's my personal opinion as well. However, with that said, it's not impossible for some parts of the government to use it as a store of value, and it might even be possible to have city, county governments, like Nathan was saying, to accept Bitcoin as legal tender. But here's the thing. In my opinion, having both a public and private sector money competing against each other, it's actually not a bad idea. It would, it would most certainly, in my opinion, create a new level of accountability for government when it comes to fiscal and monetary issues. And, and who knows? It might even help stop the government from spending money on endless war and unnecessary social programs. But regardless of whether the solution is going back to gold, silver, or even using Bitcoin, it's much, much better than what we have now. And, and as I mentioned before, we currently have an elite group of unelected people making all the decisions for our money system. And if that doesn't infuriate you, I don't know what will. They have literally been granted a monopoly on money creation. And to me, this is just an absolutely insane idea. If people really, and I mean really knew how our system worked, they would be shocked. I mean, even, even in 1975, the, the Federal Reserve published this following statement. Listen to this. They said that the decrease in purchasing power incurred by the holders of money due to inflation imparts gains to the issuers of money. And who are they? They're the issuers, right? Well, here's a quote from Henry Ford. It is well enough that the people of this nation do not understand our banking and monetary system, for if they did, I believe that there would be a revolution before tomorrow morning. And finally, this one came from the mouth of John Maynard Keynes, who is the father of today's crazy economic school of thought. Uh, and, and honestly, it's taught in most universities. Uh, and he said, if, however, 
A government refrains from regulations, which is force and manipulation, and allows matters to take their course essentially, the essential commodities, soon attain a level of price out of the reach of all but the rich, and the worthlessness of the money, fiat paper money, becomes apparent, and the fraud upon the public, inflation or money creation, can be concealed no longer. Brian, what do you think about these quotes? Do any of this, does any of this shock you? How do you think people would react if they knew all of what we just talked about? Well, Matt, first of all, I'm shocked. Really? Okay. <laughs> but second of all, I think, you know, I, I, I picked up this quote as you were talking, and I remembered this, and it said it's uh, by George Santayana. He's a philosopher, and he said that those who forget their history are condemned to repeat it. Yeah, that's so, so true, man. You know, I think I think the very thing that, you know, to go to the last quote, John Maynard Keynes said was he was basically, he knew could happen if we, you know, forgot our history. So. Yeah, and he blatantly admitted it. So Yeah, exactly. Well, guys, we are, we're having a great show. Um, unfortunately, we've got to get ready to go to break here. But uh, I, uh, I just I want you to stick around because you're going to learn something every single time we do this show. Every single time. And uh, we're going to have a lot more to, to unpack in, in following episodes. But we have one more segment. So I hope you uh, enjoy what we've given you so far. And uh, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Don't go anywhere, please. Do you enjoy listening to my radio show, Cryptocurrency with Matthew J. Moore? Have you ever thought about being featured on the show as a loyal listener? What about winning some free Bitcoin? Can't go wrong with that, am I right? Well, today is your lucky day, my friend, because we're building a community for this show. For just $15 a month, you can become a member of the radio show. And in return, you'll have the chance to win $100 of free Bitcoin and be featured on the show. Every month, we will randomly draw one name from the pool of currently paid members and that person will receive $100 of free Bitcoin and the opportunity to be featured during a segment of the show. We will do this drawing every single month. In addition, everyone who signs up as a member today will receive a complimentary copy of the Little Bitcoin Book, a great educational read around the fundamentals of Bitcoin. Join today before we close membership enrollment. Go to mattjmore.com forward slash member. Again, that's mattjmore.com forward slash member. Do you have a strategy to obtain Bitcoin on a regular basis? Do you plan to automate your dollar cost averaging? What about getting all or part of your paycheck in Bitcoin? GetHedge.io is revolutionizing how you get paid. Hedge makes it easy to automatically convert your pay into Bitcoin. Whether you're an employer or employee, you can get started in four easy steps. Start getting paid in Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Litecoin. The great part about using Hedge is you can skip the exchange experience altogether and have your Bitcoin sent directly to a wallet you control. Self-custody is key, and GetHedge is giving you the power. Hedge is here to make it easy to stack those sats month after month. Bitcoin, it's a long-term play, so what are you waiting for? Start living on the Hedge, and don't forget to let them know that you heard about Hedge from Cryptocurrency with Matthew J. Moore. Use my referral link at mattjmore.com or you can go to gethedge.io. Again, that's gethedge.io. Short form video content is taking over social media. And with only seconds to capture someone's attention, our team can help you stand out from the crowd. At Sooner Marketing Solutions, we'll produce and publish engaging TikToks, Instagram Reels, and YouTube Shorts. 
If you feel like you're falling to the wayside and missing out on the exposure that you deserve, click the link in the description to get sooner results now. The sun, beaches, parties, education, and Bitcoin. This is the recipe for Bitcoin 2023, the largest Bitcoin conference in the world. Ever thought about meeting industry experts? It's the who's who of Bitcoin, and you can't miss it. Join us in Miami, Florida for the annual Bitcoin conference. Use my promo code BTC Radio at checkout. That's BTC Radio. Learn more at mattjmore.com. What does it mean to be physically, spiritually, and financially free? The right to life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness, these were the ideas that made America. But what happens to these ideas when America's money becomes compromised? What do you do when the very thing that you're working for day after day is fundamentally designed to enslave you? Whether it was a conspiracy or not, you won't believe what is about to happen in this country. Arm yourself today with the truth and build your life on the foundations for liberty. Rediscover freedom in the 21st century and grab a copy of my Amazon best-selling book, Foundations for Liberty. For just $11.99, you can support this radio show by finding a copy on Amazon or by going to mattjmore.com. Again, that's mattjmore.com. Don't wait, because freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. And we are back in action. I want to welcome you back, America. Welcome back, world. Yes, that's that's right. We've got people listening all over. It's our final segment of Cryptocurrency with Matthew J. Moore. And if you're hearing this broadcast, congratulations, my friend. You are still alive and know the opportunity to own Bitcoin has not passed. We are still early and this party is just getting started. And every week, I'm dishing out these things called orange pills. <laughs> it's a party, right? But I must caution you, if you swallow that pill and go down this money rabbit hole, there is no turning back. You will forever be changed. The truth about money, technology, history, and liberty, it's all going to be revealed to you. So, hey, get ready. But on today's episode, we've been revisiting a past show we did, an episode we did during one of our broadcasts in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because that's where this show started. Uh, the topic at hand was one of my favorites, to be honest, uh, and that is, can Bitcoin actually be a form of legal tender in the United States? Does the Constitution allow for it? And, and what might this world look like if we actually had this idea of separation of state and money? I mean, can there be both public and private forms of money? You might have a different opinion, but these are all great questions that we covered on today's show. And if you're just now tuning in and you missed this chat, well, hey, go back, go back to my website, mattjmore.com. That's mattjmore.com or any major podcast platform. And you can find this recording because I post all the shows up on my website. Uh, if we, if, you know, in my opinion, this is a really, really juicy show. I hope you enjoyed the interview. And the person who has helped me the most squeeze the juice out of this show was none other than my brother from another mother, Mr. Producer himself, Brian LaRue. Uh, he is the brainchild, the artist behind our awesome intros and outros. He makes this program sound impeccable. Brian, how do you feel about today's show? Did we hit another home run? Matt, I think we did a great, a great job. Yes. So. I, I do. And, and Brian, if, if people are really digging that awesome intro and outro, and maybe they've got a product, maybe a, a project, I should say, for a podcast, a song, or anything like that, what where, where should they reach out to you? 
Yeah, definitely. If you got a project or you want to produce a, a great final product, as Matt said on accident, but in reality it is, um, <laughs> you can reach, you can go and uh, contact me at beyondyouproductions.com and it's spelled exactly how it sounds. I love it. Well, also, big shout out to the guys at Blue Studio in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They've been so gracious to let us record in their studio space. And uh, hey, they're even serving us Americanos every once in a while. But uh, if you go to SoonerMarketingSolutions.com, that's SoonerMarketingSolutions.com. You can uh, check them out and see what they offer there. But uh, I I just want to remind you guys, if you're already listening to the show, let's say on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts, no matter what platform you're using, I'm going to pound this message home. Go ahead, do me a favor, okay? Leave me a comment, a like, a share, subscribe. Go ahead and post it, tell a friend. We want you to be a part of this show. We want you to be part of the conversation. We want to know what you think about this episode and what you thought about the the, the topic. So Senator Nathan Dom, uh, you know, he's by far one of my favorite statesmen, and he really, really knows his stuff. And he, he is... Still a fairly younger guy, depends on what you classify as young, but he's got a great future ahead of him. And however, my hope is that today's show introduced you to some ideas that maybe might have been new, maybe something different for you. Because whether you are a Republican, Libertarian, Democrat, or Independent, money is something that we should all learn about, in my opinion. And and apart from spiritual salvation. Money is kind of one of the most important topics to study because it does represent your time, energy, freedom, labor, wealth. It represents all those things while we're here on earth. Um, But once you listen to enough of these shows, which I encourage you to do, you'll realize why they don't teach this topic in school. Because it's it's really for very good reason. I mean, ignorance is kind of what they want because if you think about it, money creation is what gives them power. Many people might, uh, you know, make the claim that uh, human labor or cost of production is kind of what gives something value. But what about faith and belief? Does that play a role in the value of our money? Because ultimately, we humans assert value to things. And without our existence, there really would be no value accredited to anything. So one thing that many of us assert value to is the U.S. Constitution. And uh, that document is the law of the land to many of us. Uh, today, we talked a lot about what the government can and can't do when it comes to money. We talked about what does it mean to have a debt owed. We covered ideas like bills of credit, the term coin money, and what the founding fathers, what was, what was their original intent with the verbiage of the Constitution when it comes to money? All which are great discussions to be had, and it's our goal to bring these new ideas to the public, to the forefront. So before we close this show, I thought I would, I would read the main articles and sections of the Constitution that, were discussed, that we were discussing today. And that is, in Article Section 1.8 of the U.S. Constitution, uh, it gives Congress the power to coin money and regulate the value thereof and of foreign coin and fix the standard of weights and measures. Uh, Article 1, Section 10 says that no state shall coin money, emit bills of credit, make anything but gold and silver coin, a tender in payments of debt. All right, well, we got to run. I just wanted to share that with you guys. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed this show. I enjoyed it. If you have questions, go to my website, mattjmore.com. Send me a message. I want to hear from you. But until next time, I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Adios. Adios.